Alright, notice in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, where it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. I believe when it talks about receiving the damnation there, this isn't talking about going to hell. This is talking about physical damnation. In other words, you know, if you resist that power, if you resist those ordinances of men, you're going to be put to death. Because, and we've talked about this a lot before, you know, that is the role of human government is the punishment of evildoers. Verse 3, it says, for rulers are not a terror to good works. In America, we struggle with that verse, don't we? Because we see our rulers being a terror to good works. And it's like, what's going on here? Well, the reason we have a lot of the problems that we do in our government today is because they are not doing the job of a government. They're doing things that are not their job. They are doing things that God never ordained that they do. God ordained that they punish evildoers. Those who are hurting other people, we should have men in place that deal with them and that punish them. We talked a little bit about that last week. But it says, Will thou not be afraid of the power do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same? We ought to live in a world where if we're being good to other people for not hurting anybody, we shouldn't have anything to fear. Okay? But are, do we not have some fear of our government today? I mean, how many of us get nervous around tax season? You know, We pay people to you know, do our taxes for us because we're scared of breaking the law. We're scared of what our government will do to us. We're scared of going to prison. And it's not that we're trying to hurt anybody. It's just our laws are so complex and are, they're so complicated and that we that we live in fear of our government that we might accidentally do something illegal. Now understand that that what that is not the role of the government. The Bible's talking about here. It's talking about them being there for the punishment of evildoers. And I'm continuing talking about righteous judgment because uh, you know this week we heard about there was another mass shooting this week. You know, just another tragic situation. A, a crazy. Young individual went and just shot up a bunch of kids in a school. We're, we're getting tired of hearing about those stories. And, you know, they're becoming more and more common. It's almost people aren't even affected by it anymore. And every time it happens, you know, we hear the classic debate of whether people should be allowed to have guns or not. It always turns into that. People get passionate on both sides. But, you know, for just a moment, if you will allow me to speak for the other side, all right, you know, can you not understand why people are upset? I mean... They sent their kids to school and they got shot and killed, okay? Now, I, that's going to make somebody pretty emotional, isn't it? And remember in, uh, I, don't know, I forgot which week it was, I think the first week we talked about it, one of the reasons we need to have righteous judgment, or one of the things about righteous judgment, is we have laws because laws are not emotional, okay? You know, that's why we're supposed to have judges that are not impartial, ones who uh, hopefully will not be emotional in the situation. When we get emotional... We make bad decisions. And so we've got to have laws in place to keep us in check. And one of the things that I saw this week, while I understand people being concerned, nobody wants to send their kids to school and have their kid get shot. Nobody wants that. But the thing that was, that was bothering me when I was watching the news is I'm listening to all these moms on there screaming at Trump, yelling at President Trump to do something about all these school shootings, okay? Now, while I can understand the emotion in that situation, when I can understand when you live in America, you've been manipulated by the news media, and you don't know the first thing about government, especially righteous government, I see why they do that. 
These people, they don't realize what they are doing when they are calling on the President or the United States Congress to do something about it. Do you realize... You know, I, I listen to one politician and a lot of the guys are trying to capitalize on this. And he was saying, you know what's going to happen? You know, we're going to go into Congress. People are going to say a few words about it and then nothing's going to be done. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, good. They shouldn't do anything because here's the thing that we've got to understand is that when it comes to government, when it comes to rulers, when it comes to powers, okay, there are, while they're important, there are some there are different powers, okay? It says here, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. And what people are doing, when you start calling on the United States government to do things to help in a local situation, you are asking them, I believe, to overstep their power. You are asking them to take charge of a situation that is not theirs to take charge of, that God never ordained them to take charge of, and if they attempt to do it, it will only cause greater problems. It will only cause greater heartache. And it's not even that they're evil, okay? It's not that Trump is evil. It's not even just that the United States Congress is evil. While I do think they're evil, okay, the problem is these situations that people are asking them to deal with are not theirs to deal with. Okay, there, and there are, there are different powers in different places and they need to stay in their area and pe most people don't understand that, okay? I might be a good, a good person, or I think I am a good person. You might think that I am a good person. But just because I'm a good person, it doesn't mean I have the right to come into your home and tell your family what to do and to tell your wife what to do. I might be the most well-meaning person in the world. I might have all the wisdom in the world, but I have no business stepping in an area that is not mine to step into and taking charge of something that God never ordained me to take charge of. I have no business doing that. And you know what? I won't help. I will not help in your situation. I've seen it before in marriages and with Christian people where they're having a tough time, they're struggling, and it's like they want somebody else to step in and to tell them what to do and to take charge for them. And you know what? A lot of pastors are more than willing to do that. But you know what? I'm not willing to do that. I will not help your situation. God did not put me as the head of your home. He put the husband as the head of the home. I can give you encouragement. I can give you guidance. I can show you some scripture. But in the end, there are some things that are up to you. And you don't want to be bugging me about it all the time and asking me to step in all the time and do these things. Because if I do, you know, I'm going to be a hostile dictator. All right. And that's just the way it is. And when we start asking people to step in in areas where, that are not theirs to step into, we are creating monsters. We are creating problems. And the, you know, and what all this was going on while I'm watching the news, you know, and everybody's talking about, you know, what can Congress do? You know, what should Trump do? They're talking about how Trump had a bad week, you know, because of this. Like it's his fault. And uh, and you know, I noticed nobody did that when Obama was in office. There was a lot of mass shootings when Obama was in office, but I didn't hear people screaming at Obama about it. But even if they did, it wouldn't have been just for them to do that. It wouldn't have made sense. Because, you know, and the question that no one is asking is, you know, why are these people asking Trump and Congress to fix this? And the reason is, is because they don't understand powers and they don't understand the first thing 
about righteous government. These moms that are screaming at Trump, they do not realize what they're asking for. These parents, these, these people that are emotional right now because they had a great loss, and while I feel for them, they don't realize what they're asking for when they're calling on our United States Congress to deal with these things. And you know, we've got, we've got to understand these things. We've got to understand separation of powers and how these things work. Notice what it says in that verse 1. It says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Okay, Every soul. Okay, We should not look at Congress, the federal government, as the president, as the ultimate authority. Do you, and you realize our founding fathers did not see themselves that way. Our founding fathers, they understood you know, rights of individuals. They understood that people needed to have religious freedom, freedom of speech, all those things. They understood that. And the federal government, they understood that states have rights. They understood that you know, uh, local governments had rights. And the purpose of the federal government was to try to help protect those rights. And so they made that Constitution. They made those first ten amendments to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights that guaranteed freedom of speech, that guaranteed you know, the right to keep and bear arms because we, they understood that we've got to make sure the federal government never oversteps its bounds. That it never goes into areas where it has no business going into because it will create some very bad situations and every soul is to be subject to the higher powers. And you know what? Our president is supposed to be subject to the higher powers. And the highest power in our land, you would say, is the Constitution. Our, our leaders, they swear to uphold the Constitution and to defend the Constitution. Our founding fathers put it together knowing that we needed it. And they put that Bill of Rights in there, making sure everybody understood that, you know what, this government that we're setting up, this federal government that we're setting up, this is not the ultimate power. We do not have the right to just step into people's lives and do whatever we feel like doing. We don't have the right to tell people what they can say and what they can't say. We don't have the right to tell people you know, there's a, uh, you know, what kind of religion that they've got to have. We've got no right taking away people's ability to defend themselves because they might need to defend themselves one of these days against our government if we get out of line. So we're going to guarantee the right to keep and to bear arms. They did that because... Our founding fathers understood that they were not the ultimate power, that they were not the only power. They understood that every soul should be subject unto the higher powers. And the, for there, are, there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And so many of the things that we have that are considered government today, part of our government, understand those things were never ordained of God. God never ordained that government decide how everybody's health care should be run, you know, and everybody buy insurance. And God never ordained that. Okay. He, he never did ordain those things, but yeah, it's, it's turned into that, but that's, that's perverted government there. I'm talking about good government. Okay. I'm talking about the kind that God ordained and you see our founding fathers, they believed in protecting the individual rights. They, also, they believed in states' rights. They believed in rights of communities. And when it comes down to it, I personally believe when it comes to protecting our children, okay, the reason it would be foolish for our federal government to do something, because what, what are they called on to do? They're calling them to ban guns, aren't they? They want them to ban assault rifles. You know, they want to make it harder for people to get guns. But you all understand, our Constitution 
it guarantees the right to keep and to bear arms. And our federal government, they can't do anything about it without stepping outside their area of authority. They can't do that because they realize the ones that are actually smart and that know what government's all about, they understand that we have the right to protect ourselves. I have the right to protect my kids. And you know what? I would rather protect my kids than the government protect my kids. So you know what? I'll, I'll homeschool and we've got guns. And so we're allowed to have, you know, we've got guns to protect our children at our house. And you know what? If you want to send your kid to a public school, I believe a community has the right. They should have the right. I don't even know if they do, but our community should be able to get together and say, you know what? We want to protect our kids. We're not going to wait for the federal government to do something. It's not their place. These are our kids. This is our problem. And so you know what we're going to do? We're going to get some armed security guys. Let's go, let's go get some you know, veteran that's already been trained, knows how to use guns, and let's let him guard our children. And we should have the right to do that type of thing. And the federal government should have nothing to say about it. And they, that's, that's the way it ought to be done. That's how we ought to be thinking. Our founding fathers understood that. They understood, you know, state governments and, you know, just local communities. They understood those rights. And the reason that we have to have governments and authority structures is because of the sinful nature of man. We understand that, hey, you know what, because we have freedom in this country, because we have, you know, that right to keep and bear arms, you know, we also have evil in this country. Because we do not force, you know, our religion, we don't force the Word of God on people, there is a potential for there to be some great wickedness that will rise up among us. And so we might we need to do things to protect ourselves. I think we should do that as a community. And notice, but when it comes to authority structures, they always come because of sin. Okay, look at go back to Genesis chapter three and verse sixteen. Notice that the first of all, the first authority structure that God set up, or the first government, is the home. Okay, and the government, our federal government, has no right stepping in and telling homes what to do, telling families what to do. Telling me how to raise my kids, how to train my kids, how to educate my kids. They have no right to tell me what to do in that situation. But notice though, God didn't place an authority structure in the home until man sinned. Go read Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and you don't see God putting the man over the woman and his head of the woman until man sinned. Genesis 3.16, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. That was a part of the curse. 1 Timothy 2.11 says, Let the women learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So understand, because of man's sin, God had to put an authority structure in the home. God put the husband as the head, uh, the wife in subjection to him, the children in subjection to the parents. That's what God set up. That's what God instituted. Because even in the home, because we're sinful, we've got to have some kind of authority structure and every soul should be subject to the higher powers. The children should be subject to the parents. The wife should be subjection to her husband. That's what the Bible teaches. And governments and authority structures, they are to be put in place to help protect us from our sinful nature. That's why, that's why we have them. And so that first and most important government, it is the home. Ephesians chapter 5 
in verse 22. We're not going to take time to read all of it, but that's where it teaches. You know, that the wife is supposed to be in subjection to the husband. Husbands, love your wives. And then it tells in Ephesians chapter 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother. We see that, how God gives a very clear authority structure in the home. The husband rules over the wife. Wife rules over the children. And there are, when it comes to my home, when it comes to that little government that I've got right there, our federal government has no business stepping in there and telling me how to run that home. That, that's not why they're there. That federal government, when it was originally set up, it was set up understanding that you know, families had certain rights, individuals had rights, and that government was set up to help protect those rights. Because there's forces out there that would like to come and would like to tell people what to do. There are people out there that would like to force their religion. How would you like to live in a Muslim country where you're forced to you know, follow Islam or, or whatever country that forces a religion on people? We don't want that. And our government understood that people had the right to worship as they see fit. And they understood that families have certain rights. And so that government was set up to protect those things. And we're seeing it today where people are basically asking the government to come in and tell families what to do. And that's not what we ought to be asking for. That's not why they're there. And they have no business telling me how to educate my children. They have no business telling me how to discipline my children. They have no business telling me what religion to teach. And, you know, but then here's, so then here's where the big question comes up. So now what if a parent is teaching a religion that will get their kids sent to hell? Think about that for a minute. So what if a parent is teaching their child a false religion that will send them to hell? Don't we have a responsibility as Christians to step in and do something? I mean, we've we got to protect these people, right? But you all understand that while that's sad, while that's a tragedy, while we don't want to see that type of thing happen, God never ordained for any of us or for even a church to come in and tell families what to do. We have no business stepping in areas that are not ours to step into. You know what our job's got just going to be in that situation? We've got to be a light. We've got to try to find some way to let our light shine. We've got to find some way to get the gospel to those people. But in the end, we have no business. I have no business going in. It's like, man, those people that are teaching their kids a false religion. Those kids are going to grow up and go to hell. You know what? I'm going to go kidnap those kids. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll be good to them. I'll take good care of them. I'll treat them like my own kids. I'll treat them the truth of the Word of God. And you know what? I'll teach them how to go to heaven and they'll get saved. And it's worth it, right? Do I have any right to do that? Does God need me to step outside my area of authority like that to help get somebody saved? That is not what God has called for us to do. And understand, when me, many people that are well-meaning, they're trying to stop some bad things from happening, they make the fatal mistake of calling on powers to come in and work in areas that are not theirs to work in, and it never makes the situation better. It only makes things worse. Every time, it makes things worse. We've got to realize there are some things that they're just not our place to deal with. Sometimes all we can do is let our light shine. You know, there's churches around here in town that are teaching false doctrine. They're using false versions of the Bible. And you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. I can just set a good example here. I can preach the truth here. But I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to go kick those doors open in those churches and walk in there and declare myself right 
and tell everybody it's time for you all to fire that pastor, sell your building, give all the money to Liberty Baptist Church, and all, all come to our church. Is that how we do it? Is that how it's supposed to be done? Now, would they be better off? Would we spend the money better than they do? Yes, we would. But is that right? Is that what God has called for? Is that what we have been ordained to do? No, it's not. And just because I might be a better parent than somebody, I don't have the right to just go take someone else's kids and do what I want. That is not my area. That is not my responsibility. God has not ordained me to do that. And therefore, I need to stay out of it. And if I start trying to do those things just to make the world a better place, it'll end up backfiring and I will ultimately make the world a worse place. Because the last thing we need is everybody kidnapping each other's kids. Because I'm sure there's somebody out there that thinks they're a better parent than I am and I sure don't want them taking my kids away from me and kidnapping my kids. That type of thing is wicked and we've got to watch out for that. Authorities must stay within their realm of authority. First Samuel 15.22 and Samuel said, Hath the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is his iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. King Saul in this situation, he had been given very clear instructions from God and he went and said, you know what? I'm going to do something else. I'm going to take all these animals and I'm going to sacrifice them to the Lord. That's a good thing. I'm going to do a good thing. I'm going to give all these great sacrifices to the Lord. But was that what the Lord called for him to do? No, it was not. And so Samuel said, you know what? What you've done is rebellion and that's as a sin of witchcraft. To obey is better than sacrifice. And you know what? God didn't call me to parent anybody else's kid. God didn't call the government to parent my kids. And so understand, whenever any form of, or any power steps into areas that are not theirs to step into, they are rebelling against God. What they are doing is wicked. They can talk about how they're trying to do good things all they want. They can talk about, well, we're trying to prevent this bad thing. But understand, God gave a way for these things to be dealt with. God gave a way for these things to be handled. And some things are just not our place. I've seen husbands before that don't treat their wives very good and they're just jerks. And it's like, you know what? I'd like to go punch that guy in the nose. But, you know, I've not been, I've not been ordained that responsibility. Okay? You know, there's just some things I'm not allowed to do. I'm not supposed to do. And I've, I've, got, to, I've got to stay within my area. Sometimes... I've got to mind my own business. And that goes against a lot of our nature, doesn't it? To mind our own business. But sometimes, that's what we've got to do. And so, that, uh, that home government, I guess you could say, is the first one God instituted, but then later God instituted civil government. Okay? The home government, the structure there, it was set up because of sin. And the same thing with civil government. Look at Genesis chapter 9 and verse 5. It says, and surely your blood, uh, your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast will I require it, and at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. And uh, you be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. After the flood, God wanted them to be fruitful. He wanted them to multiply. What was, it, what was going on before the flood though? The world was full of violence. 
There was violence. People are killing each other. People are fighting. People are dying. God wanted man to be fruitful and to multiply. And so because man failed so bad, the world got so wicked, God had to come along and say, you know what? We're starting over. God killed everybody except for Noah and his family. And then God started over and said, all right, you know what? Now what we're going to do to kind of help prevent things from getting like they were before Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. You're going to have a human government and you're going to punish evildoers. Those who take the life of another, you will take their life. Because we can't have violence growing in the world like it did before. It destroyed the whole world. God had to start all over. And so understand that civil government was set up because of sin. Just like, and so we have an authority structure there because of sin. And the main function of civil government is the punishment of evildoers. Trying, they're trying to protect people. And we don't see God instituting government. You know, God didn't institute it. We don't see it this anywhere before the flood. God instituted it after the world got so bad he had to destroy it and start over. And the purpose of our federal government, it was to protect the rights of state and local governments. But you know what? Something happened. Okay? And, and you know, don't get mad at me for this stuff, folks. But I'm sorry. This is just history. And this is just reality. We had the Civil War. Okay? Now, do I believe in slavery? Absolutely not. I do not believe in slavery. I don't think we should have had slaves. I think it was bad for our country to do that. But do you realize just because there was bad stuff going on in our country, it was not the federal government's place to come in and get rid of it. You know what they should have done? They should have just allowed states that wanted to to get rid of it. And then guess what would have happened? You know, all the black people would have moved to those states. You know, they had have ran away and just said, hey, we don't have slavery here. We'll give you freedom here. And, and you know what? We'll even help you escape if we have to. But, you know, they need to understand that that civil war, you know, people like us, well, there was nothing civil about the civil war. Well, you realize the reason people say that, they don't even understand what the word civil means. The word civil, it, the definition means relating to the community or to the policy and governments of the citizens and subjects of the state. It was a civil war. You know what it was? It wasn't the war between the states. It was a war between the federal government and state governments. And state governments lost. And the federal government won. And we lost states' rights, making it now hard. Now things are more wicked. Now we have things like abortion. The federal government was able to make laws, making that legal in all the states. The federal government went against state government and the Supreme Court ruled that gay marriage is legal in all 50 states. How does something like that happen? You know why? Because a federal government, a power that had no business getting involved in trying to get rid of something bad, got involved and succeeded. And so I'm, t- I, I, you know, I'm glad slavery's gone. I wish it would have never been here, but the way they got rid of it was the wrong way to get rid of it, and it's cost us dearly. I believe it would have went away eventually. I think it could have gone away even faster if they'd have done things the right way. But unfortunately, in trying to accomplish something good, people stepped out of bounds and as a result of it, we are suffering for it today. We have homosexual marriage in our country because of that today. And states can't just do what they want to do. And, we, and, and I'm not even going to go into all the decisions that have been made in recent years that basically show that we do not have states' rights. And you know what? Yeah, we don't have state rights. In the Civil War, 
the federal government beat the state government. And we're suffering for it today. And so, that, but that happened, once again, because people, and people are all messed up in history. They don't understand righteous law. They don't understand righteous judgment and righteous government. Wicked go- and, you know, uh, wicked governments, they often create problems and then they come up with a solution. And the solution is always more government, isn't it? Because think about this. All right, we've got, for some reason, you know, the government now is in charge of all the education. All right, we've asked the government to educate our children. Well, here's the problem. When you have children for eight hours a day, children, they get a little unruly sometimes, don't they? And they say, well, we can't spank, you know, you can't spank the kids, that's abuse. So what do they do? They drug the kids up. And then the kids get drugged up and they go crazy. And then what do they do? They shoot up schools. And that's exactly, most of these people that are shooting up schools are kids who didn't get spanked, they got drugged up. And the, who did that? The government did that. So now what's the solution to stopping all these shootings? More government. I mean, do you not see what's happening to us? Do you not see what we're letting happen in our country? We ask the government to take charge of something that is not theirs to take charge of, and we have horrible consequences, and the government comes in like, well... You know, the solution, it's always more government every time. And even Christians fall for some of this stuff. You know, and even some Christians, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, we shouldn't allow assault rifles, you know, and think, you know, why don't we start talking about why the government's doing all our education? Why, why don't we start talking about why is it that I'm, I'm sure it would probably happen. I don't know what the laws are, but at the school that's right here by the church, if all of a sudden they're like, you know what? We're going to get an armed guard. Would they even be allowed to do that? I don't know. It probably, who knows? But at the same, at the same time, nobody's asking that question. You know, that would actually solve these things. Most of these people kill themselves as soon as somebody with a gun shows up. Well, what would happen if they knew they're already there? See, and that's the thing too, in our, in our government, they're wanting to take away the guns. And all the areas where they have all the power, like in the schools and the college campuses and places like that, those are all gun-free zones, aren't they? They're gun-free zones. That's where everybody goes to shoot people. And then the solution is always more government. Well, if there's more government, you know what that's going to mean? There's going to be more gun-free zones. That's going to be more places where we're not safe. And we just need to, we need to understand that I don't want to see kids getting shot in schools. But you know what? Our federal government can't make it better. It is not their place to make it better. And if they try, they will only make things worse. It's up to our local community. I would like to see in our community, our people get together, our schools say, we're getting an armed guard. And then you know what? I hope the government steps in and tries to fight them on it, and I hope it causes a revolution. And I'm joining in if that happens. I would would love to see something like that happen. I I think that would be great. But we do, um, you know, I, I don't want, you know, when it, when it comes to things like abortion, okay? Now, somebody, people might get mad at me for this. I don't want abortion banned by the federal government. That's, that's terrible. No, I want our federal government to allow states, to allow communities to ban it. Because so, every time the federal government steps in and takes some kind of power like that, it always has some serious repercussions. 
And what they need to do is just cause more freedom. Let states decide, let communities decide. And I would, I would love it if we could do that and then we could work to just keep that stuff as far away from this community as possible. And you know what would happen? God would bless those communities. God would bless those states. And those other ones, they'd end up going, up, going to hell pretty much. And that's fine. If they're going to allow that kind of junk going on, then you know what? Let them all crash and burn. Let them all die. But you know what? I don't want a federal government that's making one decision for everybody because then when they're bad, we're all bad. And we have no hope of being good. And even Christians, I mean, it was so nice. So eight years Obama was in office, it was so nice because Christians started becoming, you know, against big government. But now that we got a Republican in office, now they're all back to being big government again. And it's just, it's like, are, are you people crazy? No, we don't want Trump doing some of these things. We want, we want him to allow us to do what we think is best. That's the way to do it. And, but people, they, just, they don't understand powers. They don't understand how these things work. And, but the wicked government, they're, they're, their solution is always more government. You know, our government is taking away people's incentive to work through the welfare program. And it's resulted in lazy parents who have hungry children that aren't well cared for. And what's their solution? More government. You know, we need more programs. We need more of this, more of that. But you know what 1 Timothy says? Verse 5, verse 8. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and it was worse than an infidel. It says the person who doesn't provide for their own house is worse than an infidel. Why doesn't it say anything about the government? Why isn't it calling out the government? You know why? Because that's not their place. Oh, well, we can't have starving children. I don't want us to have starving children in this community, but I can promise you our federal and state governments aren't going to make that situation better. They only make it worse every time. And we do. We've just been trained. We've been brainwashed into thinking every time we see a problem that the solution is more government. We see a hungry child. What do we do? Instead of us just helping them out, instead of us just feeding them, instead of us just reaching out to the family, what do we do? We call for the government. Anytime there's any kind of problem, what do we do? We're calling the cops for everything. Just calling on the government for every little thing instead of just dealing with things ourselves. And then we wonder why these people start wanting to take a lot of power and a lot of control because we're making them do everything. I would do the same thing. If you're making me make all your decisions and making me bail you out of every situation, I promise I will be a hostile dictator. I will be no fun. I will not be pleasant. And you will lose all your freedom. And I will find some way to benefit from your treasures and take what you have if you, if you make me do these things. Don't ask me to step in an area where it's, it's not mine to step in. You'll turn me into a monster. And that's what we're, create, we're doing in our country. Certain problems should only be dealt with by those who actually should have the authority to deal with them. That's just that's the way it is. And when someone steps out of line in the authority structure, we're not going to improve the situation by bringing in someone who has no business in that situation. You know, so in family conflicts, the husband's the ruler of the home. It, the buck stops there. That's the attitude we got to start getting. But in America, husbands aren't doing their, you know, if husbands aren't doing their job, you know, th- then there's always these other groups that we're always going to for all these things. No, we've got to have that, you know, the buck stops here. I'm in charge of my house. I'm responsible. I've got to take care of these things. I've got to figure out these things out. The only solution 
in a situation, if I'm being a sorry husband, if I'm being a sorry dad, the only way to fix my family, the only way to help my family is for me to straighten out. That's it. The government's not going to help. I've got to straighten out. And the only solution is for them to do their job, not bring somebody in that God never ordained to do the job in the first place. That's not what it's about. 1 Timothy 3, 4 says, One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Talking about a pastor. He needs to be somebody who knows how to rule his own house well. Why? Because he's a, the, the husband, he's supposed to be the ruler of that house. He's the, if, and if he doesn't rule that house well, if he doesn't take care of it, that's not going to be a good house. And it's nobody else's responsibility to step in and take things that, that aren't theirs. And so we see that we've got the, you know, the family, you've got the civil government. So then what about the church? All right? How does the church play in to all this? Well, John 18, verse 36, that Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from hence. Okay, the church, it's an assembly of believers that have a dual citizenship. All right? Understand that we are a we have a spiritual citizenship in heaven. Okay? We are separate from the physical government. What we do here is completely separate from what the civil government does. Ephesians 2.12 says, At that time when you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope without God in the world. We used to be strangers from the commonwealth of Israel, but now we are, we're fellow citizens with the saints. Hebrews 11.6 says, But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. Okay? We've got a better country that we're a part of. It's the heavenly country. But we do have an earthly country too. Okay? And understand that they're, they're separate. They're two different things. Our church does not have any authority over local government. Our church does not have any authority over your home. Understand it's, it's a completely separate thing. And there is an authority structure in the church. But the church has no right to interfere in your home. I can teach you the Word of God. I can tell you what the Bible says. I can tell you what you should do. But I, have, I, should, I should not have any power to enforce any of these things on you. I can get up here like I'm doing today and I can rail on our government and I can rant about how bad our government is, but I don't have any authority as a pastor of a church to force these things on the government and I shouldn't have that kind of authority. And you know what? The government has no right to interfere with the church. Separation of church and state. Okay? And the church has no place in the government. All right? But hear me out on this. You know, members of a church, though, which are all of you, you have every right to allow your religious beliefs to guide your personal lives and how you live, how you raise your families, and you know what? Even how you vote. You have every right to do that. If a member of our church is an office holder in the government, you, know, you have a right to govern based on your religious beliefs. And to, in areas where you have authority... In areas where you have a say and you have a vote, you have every right to let biblical principles guide you in those. And you would be wise to do that. You would be wise to follow the Bible in those situations. And if a, um, but, you know, and if a government 
is of the people, by the people, and for the people, then our religious beliefs, they will be a factor in how things turn out. You know, my religion defines me. You know, my, my faith, it, it's what guides me. It's what I live by. And this is why our government's doing everything they can to keep the Word of God out of everything. Because our government, it is one that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. And so they're doing everything they can to keep the Word of God out of the lives of individuals. To keep it out of the schools because they do not want it guiding us. We, we, do, we are still allowed to vote. We, are, we don't have a king. We have a president. We've got separation of powers. We've got congressmen. We've got judges. We've got all these different people. And they all are still free to have their own religious beliefs. They're trying to keep you know, people with good religion out. But, but understand, it, as long as they're there, it is going to affect how they vote and how they govern and how they do things. And that's right. So that's, that's why as believers and as a church, we've got to realize that if we want to make a difference, it starts. And it's all about local soul winning. It's about being local. It's about getting people saved. It's about changing the hearts of people. It's about teaching them the Word of God. It ends in D.C. There's a lot of preachers out there today they're trying to influence the government leaders, which you know, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's a bad thing, but they're starting in the wrong place. We start local. A lot of these guys, they're wanting to start with the politicians. They're wanting to start with the United States Congress and, all, and the senators and, and the president and all that stuff. And understand that those leaders, they're supposed to be at the mercy of the Constitution. They're supposed to be at the mercy of the voters. And if we don't, if we, if we're not careful, we're going to spend so much time focusing on those guys at the top. We're going to forget about everybody that's around us that actually do make the difference. And we're going to end up losing the regular people, which ultimately will cause us to lose the government. We've got to understand it ends in D.C. It does not start there. And listen, this is why we have school shootings. We have put our children under an authority that's not ordained of God. We've asked that authority to do our job in educating and disciplining our children. They've chosen to teach them the survival of the fittest religion. They have, told, they have chosen to teach the faith-based evolution or religion of evolution. There is no science in there. They have chosen that. They have chosen to drug our children and to teach them that they're, that they're basically just animals. That's what they've chosen to do. That, that situation is put our children in a vulnerable place, in a vulnerable position, surrounded by mentally unstable people that are on, that are on drugs. And they're, I mean, under the influence of unpredictable, mind-altering drugs. And those who are running these schools, they have a clear agenda of an all-powerful government. And a government cannot be all-powerful when people have the right to keep and bear arms. They can't. And I tell you, it's not a coincidence that they're fighting this stuff so hard. It's not a coincidence that the places where they have the most control is where all the bad stuff is happening. This is not a coincidence, folks. This is completely by design. This is why. Uh, you, know, this, this, you know, this leaves... A, you know, we have these places that are under their control that were the maniacs. They are free to come in and do the unthinkable. And the gun-free zones in America, they're nothing more than altars where we can sacrifice our children in prayers to the government to come and just 
take all our rights away. And the end result of this is going to be a government where no one can buy or sell without receiving a mark. That's where it's all heading. That's where it's all going. Where you're not going to buy or sell without receiving a mark and worshiping the beast and his image. That's where it's all heading. And it all comes because of the fact that, you know, well-meaning people wanting good things to happen or wanting to try to prevent bad things from happening, they're going to all the wrong places because they don't understand righteous judgment. They're judging according to the appearance. They're not judging righteous judgment. They don't understanding higher powers. They don't. Our, our founding fathers understood it, but people today don't. And they are, we are creating monsters is what we are doing. We're creating monsters. Some of them might be good people. But, you know what they say, anything with more than one head is a monster. And understand, God made the man the head of the family. Well, if we want to bring the government into that, we've got a monster. That's not the way things are, spo- that's not the way things are supposed to be. And so we've got, to, we've got to understand these things. These things are clear in the Bible. There's many other examples we could have given. But unfortunately, these things, are, these things are not being taught in our schools. They're not going to be taught in our schools anytime soon. We've got to teach these things in the church. We've got to teach these things in our family. And they need to guide us in how we make our decisions, how we run our lives, and even how we vote. And I hope, that, I hope you all understand these things. And I hope you will uh, I hope you'll practice them in your life. These things are greatly needed. And so, with that, let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word and how it can guide us and help us, Lord, to, to know what's right. Lord, we live, in a, we live in such a wicked world where horrible, horrible things happen on a regular basis. And Lord, it's sad when you see uh, people who are well-meaning, who uh, they, they only want safety and protection, Lord, but they're going to all the wrong places because we've been so indoctrinated. Lord, through the public school system, we've gotten so far away from Your Word, Lord. People have no idea what righteous judgment is. They don't understand that we, uh, certain things are just uh, they're none of our business. Some things just aren't our place. They're not a government's place. And I pray You'll help us to get the right mindset back, dear God. And I just pray most of all, You'll help us as if, uh, for those who want to make a difference uh, in our government to uh, do it where to make a difference where it really matters in their local communities, giving people the gospel, seeing souls saved. I pray you'll help us with that. In your name we pray. Amen.